Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I'm actually driving out to sheep camp and I got Bob Dykeman of Shadow Valley Outfitters on the line and Bob just had a awesome hunt uh, up on the strip in 13B and I'm excited to hear about it. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing good today. How are you? Great. You know, it's been a while since I've had you on the podcast. Uh, but I always admire uh, you guys' work and the amount of effort that you guys put in on your hunts. It looks like uh, this latest uh, strip hunt was uh, another exceptional performance by you guys. Uh, talk a little bit about, before we'll get into all the details, but uh, talk a little bit about uh, the 13B, the conditions going into the hunt, your expectations, I'm not sure if you were up there archery season, but kind of the gist of your thoughts going into the season up there in 13B. Yeah, yeah. So we actually did have an archery hunter, um, a real good friend of ours, uh, Mark Van Warmer. Um, he had that archery tag, and he drew it with, you know, eight points or so. And um, I, spent, I spent a bunch of time up there scouting. Um, prior to that hunt, you know, probably 20 days or so or close to it. And, you know, we don't, we don't run the cameras like all them other guys do. You know, we'll, we'll put, I don't know, shoot 40 of them out or something like that, which is, you know, quite a few, but nothing compared to the hundreds. Um, so, you know, we, we knew it was going to be tough just with the conditions from the spring. Um, went up there, you know, and I had actually talked to Mark about, turning his tag back in um we already had two rifle guys that had uh, max points as resident we had them turn their tags back in um and then we had a couple clients for the rifle hunt but it all started really on that that archery hunt um we really didn't have a big buck to go after um we we had a bunch of good guys in camp there in august and we went out shoot it was friday night i guess the opener um I went out and shined a light a little bit that night with a couple of buddies, and we shined a, a big old buck, and um, you know, was, you know, started hunting him, and then found another big old deer, um, and then found another one. So we found we found three big bucks there in August, um, just by glassing, and, and uh, you know, started out shining, but just from glassing there, and we ended up killing one of them. Um, Mark, you know, Mark killed like a 215-type buck there in August, and then uh, we had those other two deer to start on the, the rifle hunts. Um, and we went up in October and glassed them up. It took it took me and a good friend of mine, Colton Green, who who was uh, one of the guys with the, the rifle tag. Um, we went up there in October for a couple of days, but shoot, it took us it took us like 45 minutes to find both of our big bucks. Um, it was uh it was pretty incredible. We didn't know what to do after that. So, um, yeah, it sounds uh, like it. Um, just to dive back into a couple things, Bob, for the listeners out there, when you talk about um, shining, you're talking about spotlighting. Just to be clear to all the listeners, it's 100% legal to go out at night with a spotlight as long as you don't have any weapon or firearm in the vehicle and basically drive down the roads and shine what would be like your headlights, but you're actually, it's a handhold device. Um, talk a little bit about, and it's a very, very commonly used practice, I might add, in Arizona. Um, t- 
talk a little bit about the effectiveness of that uh, and, and you know, some of the success. Obviously, you found a couple of these big bucks. This isn't the first time uh, that, that it's worked, I'm sure, for you and, and other people, but talk a little bit about that um, strategy. You know, it, in my opinion, it, it works less than, than you think. Um, you know, I think... You know, you gotta you gotta be committed to it. You just can't go shine a light, especially a place like 13B, where where the deer density is very very low anyway. Um, and then you know, on top of the low deer density, there's there's not a whole lot of big bucks. Like I mean, like people generally think. But um, you know, we we stay pretty committed to it. Um, we'll go out and shine, you know, at night. But you gotta do it every day. You can't you can't expect to go out there. And run a light for you know a couple hours at night and see a couple of big deer or a big bull or whatever else. Um, in my opinion, you kind of got to be committed to it. And then in August, um, you know, shoot, I'll, when I'm up there by myself, especially, I'll I'll run a light just about all night long. Um, sleep when the deer are during the day. You know, when it's real hot, sleep for a few hours and kind of get on a reverse schedule and, and shine a whole bunch at night. It, it can be very very effective and. But more times than not, you don't, you know, you don't see a whole lot. You don't see a big buck. But every now and then, like like this year for us, it, you know, we ended up shining the one big buck, and then ended up finding a place to hunt and a buck that we wanted to hunt. And then on top of that, we found found two other big deer. So, you know, for That's for awesome. us, it, it works, and and I enjoy it. It's you know, it's a lot of fun. Do it do it legally with no guns in your truck and stuff, and and it's shoot, it's a lot of fun. So you find these deer, and then you go up in October scouting, and you immediately find those deer, I think you said within 45 minutes. So in other words, uh, a normally daunting task of knowing where a big deer is and then trying to spend lots and lots of days trying to find the deer. You guys have both deer found in October. And talk a little bit about kind of your thought process now we, we've got them, and then, you know, do we have to stay on them and watch them? Or are they going to move? Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, your thoughts, okay, where they're at, and are they moving, or what What are we going to do? Well, you know, those those two deer, you know, each deer is different. Um, you know, some bucks get that just wander all over the place, and it's kind of hard to figure them out and, and pinpoint them. These two bucks were the complete opposite. Um when we went up there in October, you know, I I knew we were going to find these deer. We had spent so much time on them in, in August and knew every little hole that they'd go to. And, I mean, it was, I mean, we had these deer pretty well pegged. And, you know, 45 minutes in, in, in October there, we glassed up both bucks um, that evening. Um, and I just, you know, they were, they were right there where they were supposed to be. Um, and then went back there, you know, right before the hunt started. Um, and to be honest, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in there. I was out looking for some other bucks. Um, I just, I just knew those deer were going to be there. Um, Thursday night, Colton ended up glassing the one buck up right where he should be. And then, uh, yeah, Friday morning we, we got in there. We killed that buck. We killed Colton's buck. I, I'd say within 300 yards of where I thought we'd kill him. Um, from... Wow. I mean, it was on the same ridge that we found him on in, in August. He just, he lived in this, on this one burned ridge, and he bed in this one hole, um, this one little thick pocket. And he did it, 
I mean, nine times out of ten. Um, and then Friday night, you know, the opener that evening, we uh, one of the guys glassed up the other big buck in the same bed that we found him in in October. Um, walked out of the same exact bed in from October, and that was kind of his little spot. And he walked out of that, and and we got a uh, we got Nick and, and Trevor up there. And, and they did the job and, and killed that buck Friday night. So, um, that's, you know, that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it's fun to have, you know, a plan actually work out. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. So many times that you know a deer will move or he just won't be there, just like a bull in the rut or whatever. You know, they just all of a sudden aren't there. Um, you know, these two bucks did did exactly what they were supposed to do. You've been on so many of those strip hunts where it's a grind and, you know, you, you've you been up there and put in so much time up there over the years and you've been a part of some of the biggest bucks harvested up on the Arizona Strip. Um, you know, I, that was one question you kind of hit on it where this this plan, this year, it worked, everything worked out great, um, but it doesn't always go like that. Talk about, you know, some of the years, you don't have to go into specifics if you don't want, but it doesn't always work out like that, right? Or am I wrong? No, I mean, in my experiences, you can make you can make a great plan, whether you know whether it's this year or elk or whatever it is. You know, you can make a plan, um, and you think it's 100% foolproof, and I don't know, nine times out of ten, I it doesn't work. Um, you know, and that's that's my opinion. You still got to have a wild animal do what he's supposed to do which they they never do that um you know we've we've had shoot man i bet i could count on one hand like an actual opening day plan that has worked out you know and that's for for all species um you know especially rutting deer and rutting elk um they just you know shoot they're wild animals who knows they get a wild hair and they they go wandering someplace and you know, usually at the most inopportune times, but um, yeah, we got lucky, and and they didn't do that for us this year. <laughs> so, talk about the two deer uh, specifically. Um, one of them, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of them isn't it a cactus buck, or it's it's still got velvet yeah. hanging on it? Yep, yep. That buck, that buck's just a big cactus buck. Um, you know, he, we we were pretty sure. He, I mean, and he's he's kind of a little different than than most cactus bucks that you see is, is he's actually got a, a you know an over a 200 inch frame on him um you know so most of those bucks that you see that are cactus like that they don't have much of a frame but have a ton of trash this one i mean this one's got a big frame and then a whole lot of trash too um but we were pretty sure you know he was he wasn't going to shed or nothing there in august um and then you know sure enough october he was still velvet and then he was velvet there when we killed him but yeah he was a he was a big old deer. A lot of people were, were chasing him, and, and we were just fortunate enough to, to know him a little bit better than most, I think, and, and get a couple bullets in him Friday night. That's awesome. Um, and what what is his overall frame, and, and what is his overall gross score? You know, it's so hard to, yeah, it's so hard to, to score. Um we ended up getting like a, a 201 inch frame it somewhere right there, and then uh, and then like 42 inches of extras. Um, so 243 ish, 
And, man, honestly, you know, I think that's going to be low. If, I mean, he won't ever get official, but, you know, I think it'll be low. There's quite a few points that that probably would count that, that we didn't count, you know. Um, you know, just those little one-inchers, one and a eighth or so, but we didn't count those just for, um, you know, just not to do them. But, um, yeah, he'll be, you know, over 240, somewhere like that. He's, he's a big old deer. That's awesome. Uh, so you have been a part of some just absolute giant bucks on the strip. In your opinion, obviously everyone was saying that this year was kind of an off year, uh, but in your experience, I mean, how off was it? And, you know, can you is there any specific years that it really compares to? You know, it, it, I mean, it was definitely down. Um you know, I would say, you know, something like 2012 or so, um, I believe was the last kind of big drought year. Um, and I know you talked with, you know, Clay a little bit about it too, but man, I think, and just like Clay, I think next year will be, you know, could be a great year. I think uh, there, there's one buck that, that kind of comes to mind in, in the same kind of drought cycle, and that was 2013 that we killed um, when I was still working with Matt. And it was actually Shane Wilson's buck. But, you know, that buck in 2011 was 220-ish. And then 2012, which was that big drought year, he was he was down to, you know, 190 or 195. And, and then he blew up in 13, you know, that next year with, you know, and he was over 240 or so. Um, so I think we're going to experience a lot, a lot of, you know, something like that where, um, you know, hopefully we get a little bit of moisture this winter and a little bit next spring, but I think there's going to be a lot of bucks that make it through that weren't, you know, up to people's standards. Um, and they get, you know, one more one more year on them and, and some good feed, and I think we're going to have a really good year next year. You talk about having a good year. Um, as far as holdover bucks, do you think there's plenty of bucks that made it through this year? Obviously the season is over with now. Um, so not only conditions, but bucks that have, you know, made it, you think definitely next year, or if, if we can get some of the right moisture conditions will be a, a really good year. I think so. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of good bucks killed. Um, but I think there was a lot more that are making it through, you know, bucks that, you know, might've been 200, 205, 210 last year. You know, they're 185 or 190 and they're getting a pass this year. So they're getting a, a free year of age, um, just need a little bit of little bit of the right moisture at the right time, and, and I think next year could be phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's fantastic. To you know, it's always great to be optimistic going into the following year. Uh, then, did you follow up with uh, Kayabab hunts or late elk hunts? No. What, what else do you have on your plate? We, we we'll do some elk hunts. You know, some late elk hunts. We got quite a few throughout the state this next weekend. Um, you know, we don't do a whole lot of stuff, in, you know, even 13A. Um, we would do it, um, and we don't do a whole lot of stuff on the Kaibab. We like, we, we don't like spreading ourselves too thin. Uh, we've got a great group of guys and that love coming to 13B every year. Um, got a little small army out there. Um, and, you know, we like going out there and, and concentrating on, on one good hunt um, for those clients and stuff. And, and then, you know, kill a couple of deer and, and come back home. So get ready for these late elk hunts. But, yeah, at this 
um, just kind of do 13B and, and then uh, do a bunch of elk hunts. So. Makes sense. Uh, I've got some follow-up questions. I want to, real quick, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, the gear shop. My friend Cody Nelson of 20-plus years is the optics manager at GoHunt.com. And you can reach him if you have any optical needs, binos, tripods, spotting scopes, anything to do with glassing. Uh, I call him the glassing guru. Give Cody a call at 702-847-8747, extension 2. He's promised me that he will take care of uh, J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. So give him a ring or you can send him an email at optics at gohunt.com or cody at gohunt.com. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's K-U-I-U dot com. Uh, Kuyu, obviously the passing of Jason Harrison has uh, been a tragic loss for a bunch of us and people that knew him. Uh, but Kuyu is plugging along and, and doing fantastic. Uh, since Jason's passed away, they've had some banner months, and, and they continue to make a great product. One of the things Jason surrounded himself with just an incredible staff and they have really uh, carried the torch, and um, it's fun to, to watch uh, how they've progressed since the passing of Jason. Uh, even as tragic as it was, Kuyu's going to do great. I uh, also want to thank uh, Phonescope.com. If you use the JScott18 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. Uh, CanyonCoolers.com, based out of Flagstaff, Arizona, if you use the JScott18, uh, 18 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount. And then uh, last but not least, Onyx Maps, who's kind of a new sponsor. Uh, if, if you uh, use the J. Scott 18 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount uh, on all of the Onyx Map products. So go to onyxmaps.com, use the J. Scott 18 promo code. You talk about being, um, you know, specific in 13B, uh, Bob, and I know on other podcasts we've talked about long-range glassing and such. I'm curious right now uh, what you're using for long-range optics. Uh, I know you've used different things and such, but what are your go-to binoculars right now for your long-range glassing? Uh, the colors, I, I'm, I'm still with them. Um, I like them a lot more than the BTXs and, and then any of the straight stuff. Um, you know, they're all. What, what is it that you like about them, Bob? Uh, you know, I feel like versus. I like for, for me personally. I like the angled. Um, I think it's just a lot more comfortable for for what I do. Um, okay. What I like about them versus the BTXs is is I feel like you have more like uh, depth perception with those two tubes versus the single single one of the, the BTX. Um, okay. And then I, I plug in, I've been using the 21 power eyepieces um, a whole bunch lately. I, I actually rarely carry my 32s anymore. Um, okay. Those 21s just have a giant field of view. Um, it's great glass, collects a ton of light. Um, yeah, they're heavy, but, you know, I don't carry a whole lot of other stuff in my pack. I, I mean, I always tell guys, like, I, I say my pack is still lighter than 90% of the guys with BTXs, um, just because I don't carry all the crap. Um, so when yeah, you're don't... carrying your COAs, are you carrying a ch uh, like a 10 or an 8 chest binocular, or yeah. are you just yeah. carrying COAs? No, no, I got some Zeiss range-finding 10s. Um, so I had the, had the old Zeiss 
10 by, I don't know what they are, 10 by 45s or something like that with the rangefinders in them, and I actually just got a pair of the new ones with all that Bluetooth and um, ballistic data in them, but uh, I think they're 10 by 42s, so I just got them this last week and looking forward to hunting, hunting with them on the, on the cell time coming up. But yeah, just 10, so I can go, you know, 10s, 21s, 32s, and then plug in 50s if I need to, so, um, you know, virtually carrying four different pairs of binoculars, but um, those eye pieces are so yeah. small and light anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. That's great. Uh, you mentioned uh, late elk hunts. I want to shift for just a second and just get a couple of off-the-cuff off the tips for guys out there that are going on these late elk hunts that are coming up here uh, pretty soon in a few days. I get a lot of questions from guys, um, you know, asking for tips, how to find bulls on those late hunts. For someone that has as much experience as you do, you know, what are, what are a handful of things that you would tell someone look for this, look for this, you know, look for this, you know, don't do this, don't do that. What, what, what comes to mind right off the top of your head? Look, look for the steepest, nastiest, thickest place that you, you'll never want to go. And there's going to be bulls in there, at least mature bulls, you know. There might not be a lot of elk, but that's where you're going to find one that you're going to want to kill. Um, you know, those, those big, steep, nasty canyons that are thick, manzanita, oak brush, whatever, um, those are the places that I like going. Um, you're not going to see a whole lot of elk, but, you know, the ones that you do see are going to be the ones that you want to kill. Um, and if you're seeing cows, you're probably not in the right place, at least, you know, my opinion. If I start seeing a bunch of cows and stuff, I'll usually switch gears and, and get out of there. Is there a certain side of the hill that you think that those old nasty bulls will live in um, as far as, you know, east-facing, west-facing, north-facing? Is there a certain side that you say, yeah, look on this side? You know, I'll always usually start on the north. Um, just just lately, the last couple of years, and it all depends on weather, too, but it just seems like most bulls will hang, that I've found hang out on those north slopes. Um, a little bit cooler. Um, usually got some pretty darn good feed on them. Um, but, yeah, I'll, shoot, I'll look at both sides of the canyon, though, and um, for me, it's, it's all about the ruggedness versus, you know, a certain side or face and slope, you know. So, in other words, you're looking for the nasty spots. Um, is, it, is it your opinion that the bulls move a lot this time of year or don't move a lot, especially mature they, bulls? Yeah, they won't move unless they start getting bumped, which, you know, with all these, all these tags and stuff and all these units, um, pressure's big, so... You know, you'll have a canyon that won't have any bulls in it, and after the opening weekend, there'll be ten bulls in it. Um, I think that, you know, as for my, you know, my hunt and my opinion that, you know, a lot of bulls get pushed off, you know, some of this top step with pressure, and, you know, those those nasty canyons just get better and better as the hunt goes, goes on. That's great advice, Tom. Um, Bob, I want to give you a chance. I'll also link it up in the show notes, but I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know if they've got more questions about the Arizona Strip, if they've got more questions about any hunts in Arizona, how they can reach you, find you you guys the best way. You know, probably the easiest is, is Instagram. Um, Shadow Valley Outfitters, um, all one word there, but that's usually the easiest. We try and get, get back to direct messages as quick as we can. Um, 
with any questions, and, and we can give phone numbers out there too, and we can chat on the phone or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the easiest. And we got we got a website too that I think has got our phone numbers on it, ShadowValleyOutfitters.com. Um, but yeah, those are going to be those are going to be the two best for sure. Awesome, buddy. Well, I I appreciate you taking time. I know you're scout, headed for scouting for uh, elk hunts, and I'm headed for the sheep hunt, and we're connecting mobily, but that's awesome part about uh, technology these days. And um, congrats on your continued success. You, you guys always seem to really do well up on the 13B, and um, I think that's just a testament to the type of hunters you guys are and, and guides that you are and the hard work that you put in. So congratulations on, on an, another uh, great year, and uh, thanks for coming on and sharing with us. And uh, God yeah. bless you. I'll see you down the road, okay? Yeah, thanks, Jason, for having me. And, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do any of that without all our help. Um, we've got a great group of guys that just love getting out and hunting, and, and we're pretty thankful for them. But, yeah, thanks for having us, and, and we'll chat with you soon. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care.